topics you care about by people you trust. This is The Risk Perspective, your healthcare cybersecurity, privacy, audit, and compliance podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Frickle, and now for the show. I'm excited to introduce this episode on creating resilience, which is a big part of the ethos of Synergistic, and it's an important direction we think you're going to start seeing within the world of cybersecurity, compliance, and privacy. Today, I'm joined by Mac McMillan, co-founder, president, and CEO of Synergistic, who brings us his expert perspective from nearly 40 years of security and consulting experience. Mac is a recognized industry thought leader and is regarded as one of the top 10 health information security influencers. Check out this episode's description for more on Mac's fascinating bio. Let's get started right away. Mac, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Lauren, and it's great to be here. And it's an exciting topic, I think, to talk about today. So the topic of today's conversation is creating resilience. Tell us what resilience is and how we can help clients achieve it. Certainly. Resilience is about preparing, rehearsing, and validating your security program so that your organization is ready when it needs to be, right? It's, it's about building that, that, that readiness that every organization needs that when something happens, they can react in a timely and effective manner in order to mitigate uh, whatever the risk is or whatever the the situation might be. You know, how we do that, obviously, with our clients is we try to build that partnership relationship that says, we're not just looking out for you today in terms of what's your risk today, but we want to help you build out your program and improve the things that you need to improve on. And more importantly, we want to get you to that next level where you're actually testing and rehearsing and and evaluating your controls to make sure that they're actually going to work for you. And that's real important, especially when you look at the number of events that are occurring. And we all see that those incidents are costing more, they're affecting more, they're they're unfortunately affecting operations. And right now, as we're still dealing with the pandemic, the last thing we need is an incident that interrupts operations. So when you think about resilience, you're really thinking about a, a state of mind or a state of being where your program, your organization, your team is ready. They're compliant, they've got a program in place, they've tested their their controls, they know they work, and they're able to execute in a manner that helps the organization be more effective. It's, It's basically building that muscle memory, if you will, so that we just react naturally and we get things done and protect the organization. Well, Mac, why does Synergistic follow and recommend this strategy? Well, you know, that's a pretty simple question to answer. I mean, a lot of it comes from our nearly 20 plus years of experience at assessing organizations. We've been working in in organizations for years where we've gone in, assessed their risk, assessed their programs, helped them with remediation, and gotten a real feel for where they're struggling, right? Where Where their issues are. And one of the things that we've seen is despite all the assessment, despite all the remediation, Despite even all the improvement, and there has obviously been improvement in a lot of our clients that we've worked with over the years, we're still not where we need to be in the sense that we need to develop that new mindset that says, let's get out of a reactive mode, let's get into a proactive mode, and let's make sure that we're not just preparing, but we're able to respond and react uh, to things that we need to in our security program as well. And this is changing our thinking from a compliance-based check-the-box approach to more of an active testing, rehearsing, practicing, reviewing, 
concept where we are constantly looking at our program, constantly rolling out our procedures and our processes and our plans, and making sure that we're familiar with them, making sure that we know they work, making sure that we have all the things in place uh, that we need to in order to execute those things quickly. And that's real important. As I talked about, disruption is probably our biggest issue today as it relates to cybersecurity. And so what we want is for businesses to be able to return to normal operations just as quickly as they can. And that's not important just for a hospital that's trying to care for patients, but that's important for a bank that's trying to manage your, your financial transactions. We saw that this summer with the Colonial Pipeline event in terms of being able to get the raw material that we need in order to fuel our businesses and, and heat our homes. So all of that's important. And, and when businesses get disrupted, there's a, there's a trickle-down effect all across the board in terms of the people that they support. So it's very important. You know, and how do we do that? Well, we do it basically through a simple four-step process. We assess our, our requirement. We assess our risk. We assess our program. We understand where our risks are. We understand where our gaps are. And then we start to build out that program. We start to look at what do we need to do to remediate those things and get us into a, a better, more secure position. And then once we do that, we've got to manage it, right? We've got to make sure that those things are happening. We've got to make sure that those things stay relevant and, and stay active. Uh, and then finally, security always has a testing component to it. And that's where we get to the validation, right? We need, we need to test. We need to practice. We need to exercise. We need to do all those things that allows us to, to validate that those controls are actually in place and functioning the way we expect them to. Right. As the world evolves, security must as well. And it's our job to make that process simple and effective. Mac, can you talk about this need for a shift as it relates to the healthcare industry? Sure. I mean, in healthcare, and I, and I and this is really true of just about everybody today. But but if you're talking about healthcare, you know one of the things that healthcare has been accused of for well over a couple of decades now is being behind everybody else with respect to to security. And 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 unfortunately, the the cadence that healthcare has followed, while it's been it's improved and it continues to improve, is it, really just not good enough yet right? It's not where we need it to be. We need to go beyond where we've been, uh, which has been driven primarily by compliance-based requirements, and get to real active cybersecurity validation, right? Get to the point where we are actively building programs that are evolving at a pace that's consistent with how the threat and technology are evolving, right? Because they are constantly evolving. And, you know, when you look at our annual report that we publish every year, and we do that as kind of a benchmark for the industry, right? We look at all the assessments that we do from the previous year, we anonymize the data, um, and we look at the trends across those across those assessments and look at you know how many people don't have multi-factor authentication for instance how many people don't have privileged access management all the things that we know are important today in in mitigating the risk of these ransomware attacks and and other incidents uh, that are occurring and what we saw this year just like we've seen in previous years is that we still have a lot of people who are way behind the power curve with respect to where their programs are. And in fact, one of the anomalies in this year's report is, is that if you take out the top 20% of the performers in that report, which, by the way, are doing really well, right? These are organizations that have leaned forward in the fighting position, as us Marines like to say, and they're doing all the things that they need to be doing, and they are embracing this new idea of, I, I need to get to validation 
and resilience, not just to, to compliance. Uh, but when you take that 20% out, all of a sudden you recognize that the other 80% is well below what's, what's acceptable, right? Well below where, where we'd like them to be. So we need that other 80% up there with that first 20% so that we have much more resilient organizations out there that are trying to do what they do best, which is take care of people. You know, I, we, I do believe that the industry is shifting, but we're just not shifting fat fast enough and we need to shift a, a little bit better. And part of the reason is that a lot of our healthcare organizations still suffer from a lack of resources, meaning they don't have enough people with the, with the right skill sets to do everything that they need to do to keep up with this very dynamic requirement. And when you look at the typical organizations, a lot of them are now managing anywhere from 70 plus different security tools uh, and technologies in their environment. And they have two or three people or half a dozen people that are trying to do this. That many systems are hard to manage for that few, few people. And what happens is these systems become less impactful. They become less integrated. They become less effective. And that alone is a security weakness, right? I mean, we've seen breaches where, where organizations had technologies deployed that could very well have mitigated the risk of whatever occurred but they weren't set up properly or they weren't set up fully or they weren't being monitored or there was some aspect of managing that tool or that control that created the weakness that allowed the, the attacker to take advantage of that environment. So we do need to change that and we do need to recognize that, that unfortunately you're not going to get to proactive security without investing in, in both people and technology. So Mac, this doesn't sound like a one-time thing. This sounds like something we need to pay attention to on an ongoing basis. It is, absolutely. Um, you know, the thing that, that everybody needs to understand is that, is that the risk landscape, if you will, or ecosystem is constantly evolving. Technology evolves, the threat evolves, your operations evolve, people evolve. You know, it, it's nothing is, is static, right? Nothing is staying the same. And, and so your program for how you manage the, the new risks that emerge as, as this evolution goes on uh, has to stay in step with that, right? You have to continue. And, it, and it's, it's not a one and done. You don't apply a patch and you're, and you're finished, right? We know from experience that we're applying patches every week. Um, and we know that there are new attacks that come out every day, right? We know that, that ransomware has evolved considerably just in the last five years. So that risk is something that that's a, it is a constantly moving target. It's something that you have to constantly evaluate. And, and the controls that you have in place to respond to that are things that you have to constantly update and you have to constantly evaluate them. You have to constantly validate that they are actively working the way you intended them to, to, to mitigate that risk. Excellent. So now that we have an idea of the what and the why, I can imagine a lot of organizations aren't quite ready to validate their security. What does this mean for them? Well, the first thing I, I, I'd like to say, because I, I, like I like to be a positive guy, right? And, you know, we can dwell on all the negatives and we can dwell on everything that's hard and we can dwell on all the challenges. But more importantly, I think what we need to, what we need to focus on is making improvement. And, and so I think the first thing that's important is making sure that you are focused on making progress in your program. 
regardless of where you are, whether you're at the beginning of that journey, whether you're in the middle of that journey where you're actually building out things, or whether you're at the point where you've got a solid program and you're into managing and, and validating that program, right? The point is, is that you want to constantly be trying to progress, to make progress, to improve what you're doing. And if you do that, you know, then we're, then we are moving in the right direction because there is no such thing as 100% security. And there is no such thing as permanent security, right? Because of this dynamic nature of what we're dealing with, what's secure today could be insecure tomorrow or the day after that, right? So this is a constant thing that we have to stay after and it's something that we want to really focus on, on making progress. And so, you know, our goal is to work with our clients to constantly reassess where their risk is, constantly reassess where their gaps and their controls are, and identify those things that enable them to, be, to continue to make progress, to continue to chip away at the things that they need to chip away at, to build that resilience that they need. And then to help them on the, on the testing side or the validation side by being able to go in there and say, okay, we've built these things, we've, we've applied these things, we've implemented these tools and these controls. Now let's see how well they're working. Let's test them. Let's do those pen tests. Let's do those things that give you the information that lets you know that, the, that what you're doing is actually making a difference. You know, and, and, and essentially we break that down very simply and we try to keep things simple, right? Because the more complex you make them, the harder it is for, for those things to happen. So we think of it simply as, as preparation, right? In the preparation phase, you're doing assessments, you're building policies, you're, you're putting procedures in place, you're implementing controls, you know, tools, etc. that you need, you know. And then you go into that test and rehearse phase where you're actually testing those things. Are they working? Are, do we need to reassess this? Do we need to tweak these things? Do we need to put a new, new rule in place? Or do we need to put a new, a new controller? Are we missing a, a technology perhaps that, that we need to have? Is the rest of the organization ready? And which is where tabletops and exercises and, and IR type uh, events uh, come into play. And then last but not least, you know, getting to that validation piece where, okay, we've done all those things. We think we've done everything we needed to do. We think it's working the way it's supposed to. Let's test it. Let's make. Let's really make sure that that, that control is is still there, is active, and and performing in a manner that that we need it to perform. Thanks, Mac. And where does audit play in all of this? Ah, that's a good question because audit has an important role in this as well, right? And there's a big difference between an audit per se and a and an assessment from a security perspective. Because on the security side, we're focused on measuring risk, right? Measuring the, the, the risk or the impact of something bad happening to an organization or to our operations uh, as a result of some control or something breaking down or something happening. An audit is really specifically focused on evaluating exactly do we have the things that we're supposed to have? Do we have the pol all the policies that we need to operate effectively? Are those policies thorough? Are they complete? Are they up to date? Do we have uh, tools implemented properly? Do we have Active Directory, for instance, implemented pro properly or, or, or um, privileged access management or, or multi-factor authentication? And have we, have we actually looked at all the things 
that go into doing that properly uh, and, and, and check the box, if you will. In this case, we are checking boxes, right? In this case, we're literally looking at, do we have the policy? Do we have the procedure? Do we have the control? Is it working the way it's supposed to? I go back to my DOD days. Unlike the, un, unlike the private sector, audit came under me as well as the director of security. And audits were in, integrated into our, our security risk assessments and our security assessments and our testing and everything else. I mean, it was all part of that process, right? Each one of those things looked at something different and lo or looked at it differently. Audit tells me if my program is, is implemented properly. Security tells me if it's effective. Am I managing the risk effectively? And all of that is important to me in, 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 in terms of understanding how well my organization is in terms of being ready or resilient. With that, we keep talking about the process, the long-term process, the kind of security journey. What is that journey and what does that journey look like? Well, again, we break it down into four simple steps. And, and I know I keep saying that, but, but, you know, Marines always have a saying, keep it simple, stupid. So keep it simple. You know, that first step is to assess your environment, assess your risk assess your controls. Basically understand where you are. And once you've done that, then focus on building out your program. Build those controls, build those policies, build the awareness, if you will, in your organization. And once you've done that, then manage that process. Identify what those priorities are. Figure out what your highest risks are, where your biggest gaps are. Focus on how do I, how do I lower, the, lower my risk profile and do that in, in the most efficient manner. Seek advice. Nobody can do this on their own. There, there, there aren't enough of us, period. And, and you're going to always need other folks to help you do this. There are gonna be things that you don't have the skill sets on your staff to do. There's gonna be things that you may not have the experience to do. And even if you did have all of that, the one thing that I never let my, my folks do when I, was, when I was a director of security was test themselves. The last thing you wanna be is that self-licking ice cream cone. You need to have somebody else take a look at what you're doing so you have that objective third-party evaluation. You also need that from a due diligence perspective. In our case, for instance, we do hundreds of these assessments a year. Most organizations, if they do it themselves, are gonna do one, one risk assessment. And I guarantee you what you learn from doing hundreds is far different than what you learn from doing one. So I'm thinking about our listeners why should they care about this assess, build, manage, validate idea? Why should they know this new approach will work for them? And what do they need to do to get started? Well, <laughs> the first reason that, that they, they should care is obviously my assumption is they care about their business, right? Whatever their mission is, whatever they're doing, the reason this is important is because in today's environment, we rely heavily on systems and information to get those things done. And we need to make sure that those systems and that data are gonna be there when we need them so that we can do the things that whatever our core mission is for our business. That's the first reason why you should care. You should care because this is important to your business. The second reason you, you should care is because we're not in the same environment we were, for instance, when I started doing this nearly four decades ago. We're in an environment today that is far more dynamic, far more dangerous, 
far more active with respect to the kinds of threats that organizations face. They're facing nation state actors. They're facing all kinds of sophisticated threats that are out there. And you cannot take that for granted. You have to be proactive in trying to build a resilient program that gives you the ability to mitigate that risk and protect your business. That's why it's important. You're trying to protect the thing that's most important to you, whatever that thing is. You're not doing it for security's sake. You're not doing it for IT's sake. You're doing it to protect the thing that's important that you're trying to, to, to accomplish as an organization. That's why it's important. Great. Thank you, Mac. And how does Synergistic help clients build resiliency or with this approach? The same way we've done it since, since the beginning of the company. We have always focused on, first and foremost, creating a partnership with the folks that we work with. And not just the folks that we have long-term relationships with, but everybody that we do business with. I mean, one of the things that I can recall very vividly back in 2005 timeframe was CIOs would, would say to me, you know, Mac, we have these companies that come in, they do these assessments, they do these audits, they put these huge reports on our desks with hundreds of things we have to do, and then they dis disappear. And what I heard when I heard them say that was they really wanted somebody that worked with them that didn't just come in and leave a report on their desk. And so one of the things that we did very early on was we, we began to focus on building those partnerships with every single client. So for instance, even if we just did a one-off assessment for you or a one-off risk assessment for you, for instance, you had access to us for at least 12 months after that project so that you could ask us questions at any time with respect to what we had, what we had looked at, what we had put in our report, and what we meant with our, with our recommendations. Because one of the things that I realized, too, that, that they were saying to me in some cases was, I get this report and I don't have the people to go through it. I don't have the people with the expertise to understand it. I don't have the time. I've got 156 IT projects on my whiteboard and you just handed me 100 and some odd things you think I need to do on security. So where do I put them? Where do I prioritize those? We quickly re realized that what we needed to be was, was a ready resource to our customers in order to create that value. In order for us to really be valuable to them, we had to be available. And we had to be willing to, to stop and answer questions. We had to be willing to jump back in and say, this is what we meant. This is what you can do, uh, et cetera. And it wasn't just about, about looking for other opportunities on the back end of an assessment. It was about helping them understand what they needed to do and figuring out how best to get it done. And in most cases, our clients did the work themselves in terms of the remediation. And oftentimes, all they really needed was somebody to help them understand exactly what, what they needed to do or, or where to go find whatever it was they needed to go find in order to get it done. And we began to do that. And then we built, we built out our, our managed service approach or our partnership approach where we learned quickly that it was far more effective if over a period of time as we were doing assessments for them, if we stayed in touch and continued to work with them and, and help them prioritize the things that they needed to work on. This basically now takes that to a new level. That partnership goes beyond just that initial assessment. It goes beyond just advisory type support. It goes to actually helping them run exercises, do tests, validate their controls, develop so solutions and services that actually 
furthers that partnership that we have with them that says we can be with you throughout the continuum of your experience no matter where you are in, in your in your development of your of your security program or your privacy program or even your audit program for that matter we can be there to help you and we will be there to help you at every turn and so that's really what building that partnership is all about it's being that that subject matter expert if you will in this space and being able to help them solve their problems across the board in terms of where they experience them and, and then just being there for them uh, when they need you. Perfect. Synergistic helps build resilience. Thank you, Mac. So kind of going off your idea there, we have a lot of CISOs that are listening. They're probably nodding their heads. They understand this approach and can get behind it. But what about the CEO and board level? How do we get this messaging through to them? Well, the first thing I'd say is don't give up. Be persistent. One of the, one of the traits that a good CISO has to have is persistent, meaning that you know what you're doing is right, you know what you're doing is meaningful to the organization, and you don't let anybody dissuade you from getting your mission done. But I'd say the other thing too, and this is something that uh, when I was when I stepped away for a while there <laughs> in my retirement, I actually advised a lot of folks, and I and I was speaking to, to boards and being a CEO and being a board member myself. You need to understand where they're coming from, right? What what do boards and executive teams do? They manage risk for the organization, but that's business risk. And you need to understand that. You need to first learn how to speak their language. Learn how to express what you're telling them, not necessarily in security jargon, privacy jargon, but express it as a business issue, as business risk mitigation. Meaning, yes, it's a security thing or it's a privacy thing, but it's really a business thing. This is how this is going to potentially impact our business in a negative way and why it's important for us to address it. Be able to define the cost. Understand the impact to the mission of the organization and what that's going to and what that's going to cost us. Is it a reputational cost? Is it a financial cost? What kind of cost is it? And it may be multiple costs, right? But be able to define that so that they understand why this is important, again, for them to listen to. Because everybody understands that, that every dollar I spend on some risk that I have to mitigate is a dollar that I don't have to spend on whatever our core mission is. So, it, so it's taking away resources. Last thing, keep it simple and be direct, right? Executives don't have time for theories, for stories, for, you know, what have you. And they don't want you to sugarcoat things. They live in that space where they know their job is to manage risk and make decisions that benefit the business. Keep it simple. Keep it straight. Keep it direct. And, and what I think you'll find if you do that and you do it effectively, they will respond well to that. You know, the role of the, the, role of the CISO is to inform and to advise. The CISO doesn't run the business. The CISO doesn't own the risk to the business. The executive team and the board own the risk to the business. And they're responsible for running the business and making the responsible decisions that keep the business on track and keep it safe and keep it secure. 
Your job is to tell them what they need to know in order to make the right decisions to do that. Great. Well, keeping up with the theme of keeping it simple, I think that wraps up our conversation today. Mac, any closing thoughts? Think about what I've said. Think about what we've talked about. It's, it's all about making that journey. It's all about evolving. And it's all about getting to that place where we're focused on resilience as a state of being as opposed to compliance. Thank you again. This was such a pleasure recording with you, an absolute legend. Turning to our listeners, you know we spoke about the journey in this conversation, and these podcasts are a part of that journey. They're a great stepping stone you can use to get started on your own resilience journey. So remember to like and subscribe to this podcast. Thanks for listening.